Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. What's going on? I'm Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is Viewers Anonymous. What's going on, my guy? I uh, can't call it, man. Just uh, excited. Well, damn. I always want to say excited, man. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, hey, listen, man. I, I've been able to uh, take in a lot of content, man. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm chilling. I'm good. I was, I was able to start back on a... Um, on a show, man, that I used to watch when I had Hulu. Mm-hmm. So um, I started back watching. I don't know if you ever heard of it, man. It's a show called Killing Eve. And uh, mm-hmm. they're on the third season. Yeah, I've seen the first two seasons. Um, but now um, I'm able to watch the third one. So I've been watching that. I've been watching them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even, Are you watching though, yeah. Well, I, I think I got like two or three more episodes left. Um, okay. So I've been I've been getting it in, man. So I've been watching um I've been watching a good bit of content, man. So I've been uh been chilling, man. How about yourself? Um man, I I had a a busy weekend, bro. Um I, I kicked it with my brother, you know what I'm saying? He he popped up on me and uh you know what I'm saying, we sat back, smoked a couple cigars and, and chilled out. And then I ended up over my mom's house. She wanted to barbecue, so I went over there and then I, I went home. My kids was at, at my uh, wife's mom's house. So I went home and enjoyed my night. And I wake up the next morning. She called me again, like, I'm barbecuing again. Come on through. So I went back over there. And um, <clears throat> this time I had the kids with me. So, you know, the kids got the chance to go see her. And we had a good time, man. We had a real good time. And then, um, shit, I, you know, back to work after that, man. Back to work. That's what's up, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Little, little family time. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, can never be mad at that, man. So that's that's always always a good thing, man. But uh, but yeah, man, I just been uh taking in this content, man. Uh, I also put out some content. Me and Casey got an episode in on uh 28 minutes or less. So you know what I'm saying? Appreciate him coming on with me. You know what I'm saying? We basically we basically you know what I'm saying continued the conversation that me and well, not me and you but you and him had. Yeah. Well, no, I know I said that right. I said that right. Right. Me and you had when we did the sample music shit. Like he wanted to, uh, you know, get in on that because he had a uh, a lot of opinions on that. Mm-hmm. So we was able to get. I mean, I mean, I gotta say, man, <clears throat> everybody, if people go check it out, you know, that there is, you know, a slight delay. Um, you know, we had some internet things. You know, Casey look, Casey live out in the sticks, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know, we had we had a couple of internet issues, but other than that, man, it was a great conversation. So. Yeah, it was a good pod. It was a real good pod. I listened in, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all had the chance to talk about all the samples and everything, like, you know what I'm saying, same conversation we had. And then y'all went a little bit into the 15 minutes of fame. And then, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know you didn't know he was a battle DJ, though. So that was dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I, I didn't, man. I was I was surprised, man. I was like, damn, man, you never told me? What's up with that? So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, man, it, it probably just slipped his mind, man. But mm-hmm. but you know, uh, we got man. This is one of those episodes where you know, like I got a feeling about it, man. You know, like mm-hmm. and and it's it's all it always go back. It always go back to that outcry. 
always go back to outcry. Yeah. And like outcry, outcry was you know, um, you can look at the numbers, that's still like the highest played, right? Yep, yep. So, like, you know, I always go back to that outcry, man. And I think that this is one of those episodes, man. Um, this movie, uh, that we're doing today is, um, it's a 2015 film, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you why <clears throat> I even watched it, dude. So the main reason I even watched this movie is because, you know, I have this thing with the Oscars and 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 um, what do you call the other one, Academy Awards and all this shit. Yeah, I got, I got a, yeah, Golden Globes, all this shit. I got a thing with <laughs> it because they always be having these movies. They be like, a lot of them you never heard of them, and you, right. and it be sometimes like. In the realm that we in, it'd be stuff that we don't even be considering watching half the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, man, what is this? What the fuck is Shape of Water? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not watching no movie called Shape of Water. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just come out with all these movies. So yeah. anyway, I see Spotlight getting all of this praise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. And something just told me, man. I said, man, let me let me see. I said, I don't understand why they be doing that. I said, let me see. Let me let me go watch this. I did it with another movie. I did it with Birdman as well. Mm. Birdman had got a lot of praise. So I'm like, man, let me watch it. And Birdman ended up being okay. But man, I watched this movie here, and the movie we're doing today is Spotlight, man. And I watched this movie and I was like, yo, like this shit is this shit is actually pretty good. And it's yeah. like now, so now I can see why. Like this one now, now don't get me wrong, they still be fucking up a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah. like this movie was actually pretty good. And like, I mean, the the list of people, man, it goes on and on and on, man. Like, I mean, you got Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Lee Schreiber, you got uh Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yep. man. You got him in, like, you know what I'm saying? And and when I was watching it, and then it's, it's the subject matter, man. So yeah. this, this podcast is really going to be around, like, what this movie is talking about. And if you've never seen <laughs> this movie, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a brief rundown is uh Lee Schreiber is playing uh Marty Baron and Marty Baron is a uh like a chief editor, you know what I'm saying, type dude and he bounces around. He went from New York, went to Miami, then Miami he uh came up to Boston. And his main thing was, you know, a lot of people that worked there, they heard that, you know, when he went to Miami, it was a lot of uh staff cuts. So a lot of people are on, on edge and they like, you know, I wonder what this dude going to do. His main focus coming in was like, yo, I want to I want to look into this. Uh, these Catholic, you know, the church and the Catholic priest right. about these uh, allegations about these priests. And so he comes in with an agenda, you know, what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. I think that's why he chose Boston in the uh, in the Boston um, in the Boston Globe. Yeah. So he comes in. He want to make his mark. And, you know, throughout the movie, there's a whole bunch of investigating, reporting, um, and they got this group that's in the paper called Spotlight. And Spotlight is, like, the the biggest investigative group, like, in the whole paper. Mm-hmm. And, like, what they do, they take a story, they put their main focus <laughs> on it, and 
They put it out after, you know, getting all the information done that they need to get done. And so they want to put this uh, this Catholic priest story in the church into spotlight. So they do they do all their stuff, all they dig and they talk to all these people and they was able to what do you call it? They didn't sue the church, but the church kind of look at it like they're being sued, but they right. but they uh they took them to court to open up the files so they can get the files uh, mm-hmm. for the, uh, so they can read over all this stuff. So basically there's a rundown and you see all of these people trying to keep these like all these church people want the story not to come out. So mm-hmm. they're doing whatever they can, like throughout the movie to press these people, to tell them, yo, like, uh, they told, uh, Robbie, like, look, you from here. Why would you want to do this? And you know, all this other little shit, but that's basically like the rundown of the movie. But the, my main concern is, and the, the hugest thing that I wanted to cover today is just like how, powerful and strong the Catholic Church is mm-hmm. and how they be protecting these priests. Because right. this shit is nuts, man. I yeah. mean, it's completely nuts. Yeah, I mean, this, man, this is one of those episodes, man. Shout out to Uncle Washington. You know what I'm saying? He'd have loved to uh, have been on one of these episodes, boy. You know, he'd have, he'd have tore one right through the Catholic Church, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I mean, he, you know, if you, if any of you guys are, uh, are are fans of the Stolen Time podcast and have listened to the Stolen Time podcast, we've heard over and over again how Uncle Washington has always said that um, the church is just, you know, what I'm saying, as to blame as the government and everybody else. Um, I think that with, you know, what I'm saying, the Catholic Church, they have, you know. Um, they still have that old school mentality. Uh, well, I don't want to say old school, but they still have that biblical mentality of, you know, power. Um, <clears throat> back, you know, back in biblical times, you know, there were no governments. There were, you know, what I'm saying it was just religion. And, you know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, the, the church pretty much made the laws and, and ran the, you know, what I'm saying wherever they were at. So, um, I mean, hell, even even when you go to Rome. And you go to the Vatican. The Vatican is actually the government there. It's not the, you know, the Roman. They don't have a Roman government. They don't have any of that. Um, the Vatican is is pretty much the, you know, what I'm saying judge, jury, and executioner um, when you go to Rome. So, or no, not is it Rome? Am I saying that right? I, it, I believe it is. Vatican is in Rome, right? Because it's in Italy. Yeah. Okay, so it is in Rome. All right, just making sure I'm saying it right. I don't want to give out no false information and have motherfuckers on our heads. But uh, <laughs> for some odd reason, I'm thinking about the Louvre, but I don't think I don't I don't know why I'm thinking of because we just did Euro trip. That's why. Um, yeah. But the Vatican is uh, the Vatican is is pretty much the the base for all Catholic. You know what I'm saying? Um, for all of Catholic religion, people go there. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, they take trips there just to go visit, just like um, people of the Islamic faith, you know what I'm saying? They take their highs to Mecca. So, you know, it it has a, an outstanding, you know what I'm saying, um, resiliency in time. But I think that the, the wrongdoings that has been a part of uh, the Catholic Church 
far outweigh the good. And I think this is just another red stain on that ledger, as a lot of you know, a lot of people used to say. And then like once you get to America with the the freedoms and the, you know, saying different rules that were being made in America, you know, a lot of those religious people were helping to create America, create his laws and create the constitution and stuff like that. So, you know, a, a lot of that Catholic church is in, you know, saying the constitution and the laws and everything else, regardless if it's uh federal or state. <clears throat> and then, you know, not even that, like, if you if you ever run into, you know what I'm saying, like any Mexican friends or anything like that, a lot of them are Catholic. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are like Protestant Catholic. So, you know, this is this is not just something that's just here in America. This is something that's everywhere. And this is a this is some some uh this is a religion that covers a broad base. You know, it's not just European, it's you know, it's African, it's uh Mexican, it's Asian, you know what I'm saying? Catholics are everywhere. Um and so to to know that some of this is being done in the Catholic Church um, with you know pedophiles and and shit like that, I mean it really for me I'm not surprised. Um, when you have when you have grown men who are basically told to be celibate for the rest of their life, um, and you also have you know grown women who are told to be celibate for the rest of their life. And their mission is to only, you know, work for God and work through God. You know, human urges start to kick up. And a lot of times when, you know what I'm saying, you're using those Bible scriptures and everything else to uh, to teach other people, especially when, you view, when you're viewed in such a high place, um, some of those times those um, words become... Um, some of those times, those words get used in a perverted sense. You know, you can look at a bunch of stories in the book about how men were taking young wives and having multiple wives. And, you know, you could bring up the story about Sodom and Gomorrah and a whole bunch of other things. So I, I think that a lot of the a lot of the people um, that were on that list, you know, were using the word of God to basically... Um, you know, get what they wanted. And unfortunately it was, you know, sent for the wrong things. Yeah, man, it's wild, man. Like the way the movie even starts, like it started off with, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, the Boston police station, I think it was in the seventies mm-hmm. and there was this one priest in there and it was like, they didn't even have them in a the cell. They had a right. break room. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, this lawyer dude, uh, this, not lawyer, he was a, I think he was the DA guy. So he comes in and they asked what a priest was and they were like, we got him in the break room and they, and then, so the dude goes into like the witness room and talks to the family and tell the mother like, yo, you know, let's keep this under the wraps. Don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. We'll pay you like basically 20 grand to shut you up. You know what I'm saying? And then it shows them putting the priest in the back of a car and they pull off. Right. Like that's how the movie even start. So mm-hmm. then you already see like, okay, so we see that he sodomized a kid, but y'all already treating him different by not even putting him in a cell. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or even in an investigation room, uh, I mean, uh, interview room. Mm-hmm. So 
you already see and then you hear about you know they talk about the the catholic base and boss because they were saying that when marty baron first got there and he said he wanted to go after the story he was like dude 58 percent of the people that subscribe to our paper are catholic yeah so he was like what you trying to lose the paper before we even you know before you even get here mm -hmm. he was like no I, I think this this story is important so but then also what's important about Mar uh, marty baron is marty was jewish mm -hmm. so he was like i don't give a shit about yeah, you know what I'm saying? this whole catholic thing right yeah so he went in he went in with an agenda and he's like he's not gonna let those people control what he do and then what was also important was how they talked about how when it came, like you talked about the celibate thing mm -hmm. and like they were saying that a lot of the times the reason they target boys that are in, in the poor neighborhoods, mm -hmm. single parent home where the father's not involved. And the reason that they mostly chose boys, it, it's not the fact that all of them was gay. It was the fact right. of the boys won't talk because they won't want nobody to know that this happened to them. Mm -hmm. And there was one interview that they did with this one guy. He was uh, being interviewed and he was saying that he, the priest, he said his father had just died. Mm -hmm. And he said the priest came over <clears throat> to him at his mother's house and asked him, did he want to go for ice cream? So he was like, when the priest like chooses you, you know, to take, yeah, you know, he was like, that's like, yeah, he was like, that's like God, you know, talking about taking you to get ice cream. Right. So he was just saying like, this is how big this is. So he's like, we on our way there. And he was like, he, he gets some ice cream. He's like, then he has his hand on my leg. And he was like, next thing I know, you know what I'm saying? His hand is all the way up my shorts. And he was like, well, the way he put it, he was like, his hand is on my dick. And he mm -hmm. was like, he said, I never even ate the ice cream. He said, it just dripped down my arm. And it's like, when you sit here listening to somebody reciting that story, and he's like, I was 12 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got a kid that's about to be 12, and I got one that's 13. And then just to think, like, if somebody did that to them, and then, like, they talking to um, and then, like, he didn't want his name in the story. And then eventually changed his mind towards the end. He was like, yo, I just want y'all to get these motherfuckers. Yeah. So like just to sit there and really think about how they targeted these boys, because a lot of the times, like you said, if I mean we just cut from a different cloth. But right. I mean, but if if this type of thing did happen, I mean you can agree. Most boys are gonna be like, I ain't gonna tell nobody this shit happened to me like i ain't gonna go tell my homeboys in the locker room that yo this, you know what i'm saying the, the priest you know made me give him head you know what i'm saying well, like, ain't nobody gonna say that well to me as and it's it's a difference for me too like me growing up right when i was 11 or 12 like there was no way a priest was gonna touch me um i well i don't want to say fortunately but you know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't, I don't even want to say privilege. I grew up fast, right? So, like, I, I had to be, you know what I'm saying, like the, the man of the house early in my life. And so, like, when anything was wrong, like, I spoke up about it. 
Like I, I let somebody like, especially if I, and, and that's like to this day, like if I, I don't say a lot, but like when I feel something is wrong, I'll say something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if, even if I feel uncomfortable saying it, I'm still going to say it because I, and this is how I've always been. It's just, I'd rather be that person that, you know, that, that says something rather than not be the person to say something and then something bigger happens. Right. But mm-hmm. like you said, you know, they, they're targeting kids. Like they know who to go after and who not to go after. They're predators at the end of the day. Um, even if you listen to the way that the guy spoke about him, like you said, like he said, that's like God choosing you. Well, we know in, we know in religion, especially Christianity, that, you know, that no man is God. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even in the Bible, it says um, that, you know, beware <clears throat> of false prophets. And so to me, that's how I've always looked at it. Like I've always seen people because um, growing up. I, I grew up in a, you know, like a Baptist household. So I always seen the way people looked at the preacher, like the preacher was, you know, so like this dude who could never do wrong. And like, even if he did something wrong, everybody would be shocked. And then I would be just sitting there like, like what y'all shocked about? Like he just like us, he's a human. But mm-hmm. there's people out there who really look at the preacher and they have that God-like image of them. There's people that look at priests and have that God-like image of them because they've made that oath and they've made that vow and that covenant in some places to be as God-like as possible. And so, you know, to, to hear him say those words, like, you know, that's like God taking you out to ice cream. It's not shocking to me because, you know, I've always, that's something that I've always seen and always looked, for me, I looked at it as weird. But for other people, they had that same, you know, they had that same, um, that same view. You know, even if you go, you know what I'm saying, like to just regular churches and you see how certain people are held to, a, you know, to certain standards and, and looked at in certain ways. Like, you know, the choir director is, you know what I'm saying, one of the highest people in the church. You know, the deacons are some of the, uh, you know, highest people in the church. The ushers and everything like that. Like everybody has a position. Everybody has a hierarchy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody somehow has a place. Um, you know, so I looked at the, I try to look at the Catholic religion and I know like there, you know, with, with certain schools, you know, you got Catholic schools. We got one here called Shamanad Julianne. And, you know, they make it a, uh, they make it a course, you know what I'm saying? To like Catholic religion is, or Catholic Christianity or whatever they call it is a course. And, you know, what I'm saying like even, you know, you have to be at church. You have to go to church. You have, Sometimes you even have to be an altar boy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like knowing that kind of knowing that kind of um, culture is around where, you know, it's not uncommon for young boys to be around priests. You know what I'm saying? It's not is, you know, what I'm saying it's, it's just like you would think that somebody who says that they're a man of God, somebody who says that they uh, work for and God works through them, you would think that they would do everything in their, in their best interest to protect, you know what I'm saying? Kids and to make sure that these kids are safe and cool. But, you know, you turn around and, you know, they, some of the ones that's doing them, you know, the worst dirt. The scariest thing about it. Well, number one, like you, you brought up something that made me think of this. The reason why I, I mean, I grew up in the Baptist home myself, but mm-hmm. what I always thought was weird about Catholics when I was just 
young with just the fact that they called him father. I was like, yeah, ain't calling nobody else my father. Like, I got a right. dad. I ain't calling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I always thought that was, you know, just me personally, mm-hmm. I always thought that was weird, you know, growing up. But the thing <clears throat> that I was going to mention was the fact of how do I say this? When when I was so I'm watching it, mm-hmm. and okay, I know what I was gonna say. I spoke about this on a podcast before. Um, I wish I I I, I might be mistaken. I think it was episode seventy two of the Stone Time podcast. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, and I named it, uh, this episode the Keepers. And there's this. Oh it's a yeah. Net- yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a Netflix. It's a Netflix, uh, like docu series yeah. on Netflix called The Keepers. And long story short, this was actually a girl. Um, the uh, this priest had forced this girl to give him head. And when the girl, uh, she was a high school student. When she came out the office, one of the nuns seen her come out the office crying. So the nun asked what happened. So she goes in to talk to the priest. And what the whole keepers is about is this nun ended up being murdered. <clears throat> and the I'm whole story got it's still unsolved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To this day. But they know because like after the uh the priest, you know, after the nun got murdered, the priest, they moved them to another spot. Mm-hmm. So they just kept moving them and moving them and moving them. Now in this case. When they started spotlight, I think they said they they said that it was three. I think it started out with three priests. Then it went to seven. Mm. So then after seven, it went to 13. So then they called this one guy who some people felt that this guy was. They thought that he was a little obsessive. They thought that the guy had an agenda against the church. Mm-hmm. So. They asked the dude on the phone, they was like, yo, <clears throat> we got this number 13. Like, how, you know, do this number sound about right? He was like, no, not at all. It's like, it's too low. And then they was like, what you mean? He was like, you know, from the numbers that I got, he said that it's like 6% of priests that are doing something to these kids. And they was like, well, how many priests are in Boston? And then I think they said 1,200. And they mm. was like, okay, well, 6% of 1,200, they're like 90. So then, what was so crazy about it? They like they they um. So, dude, listen. The vest the investigative part of this movie was awesome. So they went in. They talked to Marty Baron. Marty told them to go do this one thing. So Marty, not Marty, but Robbie and Mike, they're like, "Yo, let's do a whole reverse thing." Because they said that what happens when they move these priests, they either say sick leave. Or some kind of apps, I forget what they call it. So when they did that, they looked in through these books and they looked at everybody that had sick leave and that other thing mm-hmm. ended up being 87 names. Mm. So then they started doing a you know their sources, going out talking to lawyers, they talked to this other lawyer guy who covered up some cases. And what's the one of the most wild things about this movie is they was talking to this one lawyer guy. And they asked the lawyer guy, well, the, the second time they met with him, 
he was like, yo, we need, you know, we need a list of names of this or whatever. And he was like, Marty, I can't, I can't do it for you. Not Marty, but uh, Robbie, I can't do it. And mm -hmm. so then Robbie got like kind of aggressive with the dude. And the dude got to the point where he was pissed off. He's like, yo, I sent you. He said, I called y'all and sent y'all 20 names and y'all buried the story. Right. Mm -hmm. So then like they start looking at all of these clips, you know, a little further on in the movie. And then Sasha took the Robbie. Robbie's like the like the head editor guy of Spotlight. Right. And <clears throat> shows him a clip of 20 priests, you know, caught doing this or whatever, whatnot. And it was buried in Metro, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Robbie, I could tell like something was up, but you didn't know what it was. So okay, I'm getting somewhere. So then, Robbie got this this other guy that was a lawyer that he like golfs with, and like he's trying to tell him like he's the guy that's on the inside. So he's like, "Yo, I need confirmation on these names." So once they figured out that the you know the story was gonna come out, he went to see the guy at his house, and the dude was pissed off, and like he asked him for the confirmation. He was like, "Man, get out of my house." So while he's walking out the house, he's walking to his car, he come out and he's like, man, you come to my house with this, nah, 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 all this type stuff. And then Robbie said something to him and he was like, yo, what took you so long? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And he was like, I don't know. So they got this whole meeting going on and so they're talking about could, you know, they asked Robbie, could he go back to that source? And he was like, probably not. He was like, mm -hmm. you know. So then they say this story needed spotlight because it was like it was it was this whole argument about why this was never spoke about before. Right. And so and the uh, other guy, he's like, yo, we need a spotlight. There's no way we could have caught this. Nah, nah, nah. And then Walter was just like, like, yes, we could have. He was like, I put out, a, it, it was a clip put out you know, back in, because I think this is based in like 2000, it was based in 2001, 2002. Yeah. And he was like, there was a story put out in 97 and it was buried in Metro. And then the being guy was like, you was in Metro. He was like, yeah, I know. And so like, everybody's looking at him like, yo, you put this story out like five years ago and you buried it in something else and it wasn't even, you know what I'm saying? It was like, swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. So Robbie had this guilt thing going over him because he's like, this story was given to me. And I just, he was like, I completely forgot. Like, I completely right. forgot about the story. And it's just like to, to, to sit there and watch how this whole thing played out. Cause like a thing about this type of movie, like it's, it's now don't get me wrong. It's, it's a movie people. It's not a documentary. I mean, it's right. based on actual events and it actually happened. But when you're sitting here and you're watching this stuff play out, see, this is that type shit where it's like when you movie heads like me and you, like right. most people will look at this and be like, yo, man, this movie's boring. You know what I'm saying? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? This ain't this type of movie. You know right. what I'm saying? Like this is this is like, you know what I'm saying? You, you really got to be in the film to sit down and like get this movie because you get a different kind of edge of your seat. Like this is a movie 
where to me, I mean, somebody like me, like I'm at the edge of my seat watching this mm-hmm. type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you know, everybody's not like that though. Yeah, I mean, and and a lot of people, a lot of people are coming around that way because you know what I'm saying. Like it, when you look at platforms like Netflix and Hulu and you know HBO Max, et cetera, et cetera, like a lot of documentaries are starting to come out. And a lot of people are just talking about documentaries. Like documentaries are really taking, you know what I'm saying, the hold on people now. Um, but you know what I mean? Like going back to, you know, that scene where, you know, they, they were sitting around talking and Robbie was talking about it being buried in Metro. Like you got to remember, well, the, the one thing I tried to remember, because I, I ain't going to say you got to, but I tried to remember, like, like you said, you know, over 50% of the people, that read that, you know, newspaper were Catholic, you know, even probably even a a higher percentage of that, of the, of the Boston area is Catholic. You know what I mean? Like how many times have we watched a movie like um, the departed or, or something like that, where, you know, they even talked about being Catholic and they even talked about, you know, going to church and being altar boys and, you know what I'm saying? Making sure every Sunday they were in church. So it's like, it's, it's something that it's something that you kind of you kind of you know you kind of get lost in yourself for a little bit like man you know that can never be me or because even I even I just said it on here like yo if it was me I would have you know what I mean but you also have to understand like these people are you know these people are are born into this this ain't just something that you know, they just picked up, you know, this goes back from years and years and years to where, you know, they had to go to church. They had to make sure that, you know, saying they were altar boys. It was like an honor to be altar boys and stuff like that. And so for them, this is, this is something that's, you know, near and dear to their heart. And on top of that, like, you know, the reach that the Catholic religion has, you, you know, you understand why a lot of these people are trying to keep it under wraps. You understand why um, these people are doing so much for the story not to get out because a lot of the people that's probably being talked about in these stories are people that they grew up with. You know, a lot of the people that, you know, um, that they see these names of, they were probably the same priest that was, you know, preaching to them or, well, I don't know exactly what they do in Catholic Church, but, you know, it was the same person that they came up under, you know what I mean? That they were calling father, you know, that they go confess their sins to. And so I think that really at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of hard to confess your sins to um, a guy that you know is, you know, a pedophile or a guy that you know is just as sinful as you, you know, you, you might not feel like your, you know, your, your, um, your prayers are being heard or, you might not feel like, you know, this guy is truly who he say who he says he is. And, you know, you've been around all this time only to find out that, you know, he's a pedophile or only to find out that he's a rapist or he, he's sexually assaulting, you know, saying somebody. And so, it, it, I mean, it, I get it. You know, I, I get why, you know, the, those people were trying to protect, you know, saying those priests at the same time. Um, that, you know, saying that doesn't make it right. You know, I think that when it comes to children, especially, 
you know, we have to do everything in our power to make sure that, you know, they are protected at all times. I don't care who it is. It could be, uh, it could be Jesus himself coming down here. And I know it's blasphemous to say something like that, but I'm saying like, you know, we have to make sure that we do everything in our power to protect children. You know, they're innocent. They don't know any better. A lot of them don't know any better. You know, there are some who, who, you know what I'm saying, have to grow up a little bit faster and have to become a lot uh, more mature than others um, sooner. But for the majority of them, you know, they're kids, man. They just want to be kids. They want to go play. They want to enjoy life as much as possible. And I think that, you know, for these for these men to take their innocence like that and take advantage of them when, you know, nobody told – well. I'm not going to say that either because in a lot of these families, that's usually what it is. You know, they, they want them to grow up to be priests and stuff like that. But, you know, you, I, I just look at it like, you know, to, to sit there in front of a congregation and, and preach the word of, of God and, you know, talk about how all of these people should be. And then behind the, you know, behind the veil and in the darkness, you know, you make an act like the devil would do. You know, it, it kind of makes you second guess a lot of these guys and, you know, what they're really in it for and, and who they're really in it for. And I mean, it it, it kind of hurts my heart, man, you know, especially as a father to know that, you know, even in a place that you would, you know, you would deem the most sacred in the world or, or, or the safest in the world. Even then, you know, you, you can't your kids can't even be safe there. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to hear that he's. He said that he talked about a story from 97, 98. You know, this is something that went back, you know, almost what? That's almost five, six years at the time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You said, you said 2001? That's yeah. that's almost, you know what I'm saying, five, six years at the time. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like, are these, you know, are these people in the paper even giving that, you know what I'm saying, the correct attention that it needs to so these people can be put, you know what I'm saying, on, on you know what I'm saying, on the blocks to be examined and, and, you know, to be investigated. Like, imagine if the, you know what I'm saying, if the paper is going through that, imagine just how many cops have had those calls or how many cops have been, like you said, you know, in 80-something, in they was telling the family or mother that, They'll give them twenty thousand, and and it'll all go away. Like, imagine how many times that has happened since eighty something. You know what I'm saying? And, until now, and it's just like you know, this was a story on CNN. You know, this it's not like it was something that hasn't been talked about on, on major, you know, what I'm saying news on national news. This is a story that has come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, even more so to the point to where even comedians make jokes about it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I think it's a lot of people that know that these these men are doing these things, but I, I don't think it's enough action being done behind it. And I think that the Boston Globe, for them to put a story like that out and for them to put that on the line in, in a, you know what I'm saying, in the in state or in the state, in the city that's majority Catholic, you know, that's that takes some balls, man. It does. <clears throat> and then you also got to think about the fact of, like Sasha, you know, like when when they, when they first started the story and they was talking, to, it was talking to her, and she was like, "Yo," she was like, "Why not go to church three times a day?" Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like they they look at these people as like really like Uncle Washington always say, 
some of these people listen to the preacher or, or the priest, they will take their word over their own spouse. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, this is how powerful these people are influenced in their life. So it's like when you 11 to 12 years old and you like, yo, the, you know, the priest, he made me do this. Like, father made me do this. They're like, oh, quit talking crazy. He would right. never do nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's even, like now. Even more so to the point that a lot of them probably end up getting whoopings behind something like that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you, you go and apologize. Don't 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 say allegations about him like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like this is what uh, the ones who probably did speak up. This is probably the reaction that they got is because they mother most of the time their mother because they they targeted kids with sing from single parent homes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the one dude said that he didn't molest me until my father died. Mm. So. You know, and then he was also in a vulnerable moment in his life, and he was looking for a quote unquote father, you know, father type figure. And uh, this man just creeps right in, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, and then, you know, you got somebody like Mike. Look, listen, Mark Ruffalo, man, listen, he did he's a, a great actor, but he, he killed, he killed this man. Like, the most powerful scene was when he, uh, he had to go, he had to go to Florida. And then what also happened at this time, too, where the victims got pissed off was because 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. Spotlight had to leave the store for like seven, eight weeks right? because of 9-11. Right. So they had to uh, speak to some of these victims. And the victims were like, look, y'all bullshitting again. Like, hey, y'all go again. Like, y'all say y'all going to do the story. And now, because the dude was mad, he was like, 9-11 was, like, was six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and she's like, I promise we're gonna get back on it. No, no, no. But anyway, Mike had to go to flight, uh, flight school or some shit down in Miami. So he called one lawyer guy and was like, yo, because they won the case to get the records. He was like, wait till I get back. So while he was down there, the records become public. But even though they're public, he goes in to go get them. Dude is like, yo, well, he went in the first time and it was closed. So he sat out there the next day. And then he was able to get in. He signed for it. And then he said he still couldn't get to him. So mm -hmm. then he was like, well, I need this. He's like, where's your manager? He's like, not here. He was like, well, they were as a judge. So he's like, sixth floor. He goes up to the sixth floor, talk to the judge. Now, the shit is public, but mm -hmm. they still giving him the runaround, right? Mm -hmm. So then, so Mike finally able to get it after he talked to the judge. And then the dude was like, yo, you can't take that. You got to copy it. And this is what I'm saying, man. If you want to be a dedicated reporter, this dude just pulled $83 out of his pockets. Because he was like, you, I pay you to use your copy. Yeah. So he takes the records. And so then, because see, the whole thing with Marty Barron was they kept finding stories mm -hmm. to um, where it was just to single out a priest. He was like, no, I want to go after the whole, I want to go after the system. Yeah. So they was able to find that the church knew about uh, Father Kagan. That was the dude that was at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So they find out that the church knew about it and they lied about it, right? So he was like, look, we got him. And Marty Barron was like, nah, let's not do that yet. And so, like, the way Mark Ruffalo reacted when he wouldn't let him put that story out, dude, it was it was like sensational acting right there, man. Like he he fucking killed that scene.
but like to to sit back and really and really think about like these predators man and the fact that the church is like yo you got caught in the jam all right we're gonna move you over here move you to a whole nother city or a whole nother group of boys and then just like you know, and you know what this makes me think about, and I, I don't know if he was Catholic or not, but it makes me think about uh Jerry Sandusky, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. About like what he was doing in the whole Penn State situation, man. Like that that just rings off in my head when I was watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me not to think about it because there was one scene where uh where Robbie went and met with a dude that he went to high school with, and this dude was on the hockey team. Mm-hmm. And so he brought up the father's name. And he was like, so he was like, I didn't think anybody knew about that. And he asked him, like, well, before he brought up the father's name, he was like, he went to college. This dude, went, he was a professional hockey player, my guy. Yeah, You gotta be a tough dude. You know what I'm saying? Now he said, "Now I rode the bench." He said, "I didn't play much, but to still be on the team." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he said, when he was talking to uh to the the editor guy, and he was like, "Listen," he said, "I talked to this guy that was a professional hockey player. I went to high school with him, and he was like, when he started talking about this, this man broke down to the point where he couldn't talk." And he he told him he's like I never even told my wife about this, mm. and and to and to sit back and think like how these people are affected because mm. I remember when I was watching I was watching it with my old lady, and that one scene where I talked about the guy where his father just died and he said the ice cream was going down his arm, mm-hmm. and. The lawyer, when he walked out, the lawyer said, he's the lucky one. But before, while they were sitting there, I was like, I told my old lady, I said, look at his arm. He got all these track marks all over his arms. And people don't understand the effect that happened to these people, these boys, when they get older. Because a majority of them, uh, it's a higher percentage of them that commit suicide than the ones that go on drugs and that go on to actually live their life. It's a higher percentage of them killing themselves than to you know make a life out of it but that one guy he was the real lucky one because he was able to you know get a family he was able to go on to play professional hockey but the whole point of what i'm saying was marty was like he told the one guy he was like yo that could have been us but the thing is we just picked the wrong sport because robbie said he ran he ran track and he was talking to another dude they went to school with and he was on the football team Mm-hmm. But the father guy was the hockey coach. And that's yeah. why the one dude got molested. So he was like, dude, that could have been us, but we just didn't play that sport. Man, this, this, this is nuts, man. I mean, yeah, it is, man, because it's like, you know, that was just in that instance. You know, if you if you think about that, man, it's like, you know, when, when you hear about all these teachers that have been, you know what I'm saying, molesting their students and having sex with their students and all this other shit, it's like, you know, you start to look at it like, well, damn, you know, you what what can you do, you know, where can your kids go where they don't have to worry about getting fucked? You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, like, where? where? Like, 
a kid can't even go to the playground without, you know, without maximum supervision because some weirdo might come up out of nowhere and snatch him up and take him off the I mean it's like dude with it with this saying that with this saying that when she was talk when when Sasha was talking to one of the uh one of the victims, he mm-hmm. was actually gay. And yeah. he was talking about the I'm I'm getting I'm you'll see the point I'm trying to make. Right. But like she was uh he was like think about the dilemma that I was stuck with. He was like I'm gay. They're preaching against gay people, but this priest is making it seem like it's susceptible to be gay from what he's doing to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. he was like, I had to battle with that. But the whole point of what made me think of this whole point was they was talking and walking. And he was like, look, a playground directly beside the church. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's what made me think of that, because he said, look, he said it makes sense. They put a playground right beside the church. Yeah, but and then like even that, it's like, you know, you got all of these grown men, you know, supposedly um subduing themselves from sex, you know what I'm saying? Subduing sexual urges and everything like that. That's that's unhuman. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no way that you can go through life and not, you know what I'm saying, and not have that encounter. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of, of who who is with, because, you know, we're not here to talk about, you know, anything like that. But it's just like, that's a normal part of life. That's a natural part of life. And so when you, you know what I'm saying, like when you take away, you know what I'm saying, those natural things in life, then you start doing perverted shit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You start getting perversions. And so to me, I just look at it as that's one of those things that happen. Like there's a there's a that's a real mental illness to want to harm children. You know what I'm saying? Like because because, you know, and, and you hear like if you ever hear like psychologists talk about it or or um or therapists talk about it, you know what I'm saying? It's really a, a power dynamic. You know what I mean? Like if you if you really ever look at these situations, it's really just a power dynamic. It's somebody who is viewed as this holier than thou um, persona. And they know. Right. Like even if like to for them to even say, like, don't tell anybody this. They know that that kid or that person is not going to tell anybody. That's not something that that person is going to do because they don't even look at them in that light. You know what I'm saying? Going back to what dude said, like he felt special when the priest picked him to go get ice cream. You know what I mean? Like even even if you look at the way that, you know what I'm saying? Like when the Pope goes somewhere, if the Pope goes to such and such, it's a news story. Why is that a news story? You know what I'm saying? Like what what about the Pope is so. You know what I'm saying? What, what about the Pope is so. <coughs> special. You know what I'm saying? That the, when he goes to meet with the president, it's a news story. That should never be a news story. It's a pope. Yep. If he's a if he's a man of God going to speak to the president, it should that's that's all it should be, right? But we have yep. this we have this glorified image of who the pope really is. You know what I'm saying? When the pope is riding or when the pope is going on the parades, they got him in a in a glass casing 
a glass bulletproof casing and drive them around and, and you see all these people flooding the streets and, and uh, crowding uh, the car that he's getting drove around uh, in. And it's just like, is, is this, is this, are these the same people that are, are these people really studying their religion? Are these people really paying attention to what they're supposed to be paying attention to? Cause at the end of the day, you know, this man is not going to get you closer to God. Or at least in my in my in, in in my experience, that's what it is. Is because it's like, yeah, he's supposed to be there to help you understand what the Bible is talking about, the scriptures and everything else. He's not there for you to go and and look at and get his favor. That way, you can get into heaven. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if, if people didn't have that image of these um, priests and and the Pope and preachers and stuff like that a lot of this stuff couldn't go on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying like, it has to, it has to come to a point to where we really have to start looking at these people and start treating these people as, as if what they are, they're human beings. They just have a higher understanding of, or they have, uh, um, some of them have a better comprehension of your religion than you do. But when you actually get to talking to them and asking them questions and all these other things, you start to find out that they really don't know that much. They're really just going off of what they read out the Bible. And it's sad because there are things in the Bible that you can use to justify what they do. When the truth of the matter is, is that we all know that it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? They're taking advantage of people. They're they're using whatever power that they have and they're using it over people. And, and we know like, that's not the right thing to do. Um, but to move on from that though, like to go, to go to the issues of the Boston globe, like to have that, you know what I'm saying? Like to have that in a paper, you know what I'm saying? And to have people that read your paper, um, you know, send, I know they were sending like death threats and, and all kind of shit to these people. Like that has to be a stressful time, right? Like that got to be a very hard time for these reporters and these um, journalists, uh, journalists and these investigators that's actually doing all this work to actually reveal this story because it's like, you know, you might have a story and you might not deal with a certain person. If you interviewing somebody, they might not even feel comfortable with doing the interview now because they, you know, it might have got out that they were supposed to be doing an interview with you and now somebody's coming to scare them and everything else like that. How how do you think or what what are some of your thoughts on um how to how the Boston Globe handled this situation? Um I think they they fixed the wrong um but like you also gotta think like cause there was one that when it was buried in Metro, that was 97. Mm-hmm. But they also wrote about it in 93. Mm-hmm. So they buried it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So they was really kind of fixing the wrong, but you got to think about I don't even think that this story even stopped what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because yeah. what I was going to say was how many kids you could have saved in the yeah. meantime. But like where they really would have been saved though you know what i'm saying because like the church like even though even though it was put out in the public and put out the way that it was i think it was more of the people 
okay, for instance, Robbie went and met with this one guy that kind of like dealt with the church. And mm-hmm. he was like, and he talked about Marty. He was like, Marty's just here. He was like, I know you're doing this because Marty wants it to happen. He was like, look, he said, you know, he did a stint in New York. He did a stint in Miami. And he was like, now he's just here. He was like, he's just trying to make his mark. He going to leave. He was like, where are you going to go? But see, Robbie went to the school that was directly across the street from the Boston Globe. So everybody right. knew Robbie. You know what I'm saying? Robbie's Boston through in and throughout. So he mm-hmm. was like, where are you going to go? That was a threat to Robbie. You know what I'm saying? Like, the movie don't portray it that way. But right. he's saying, like, yo, you print this story, like, Boston is done with you. Where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Or do you even want to leave? Or are you going to be basically going to be forced out? So, like, the pressure in the people that were, I mean, like I said, Robbie went golfing with a guy. And, like, after that dude did that, like, they probably never even spoke again, probably. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he lost friends over mm-hmm. this. You know what I'm saying? Mike, you know, played by Mark Ruffalo, like he was saying how he grew up in the church and then he just stopped going. He was like, now I can't even go to a Catholic church anymore. He said, because all I'm going to do is think about this. Right. Sasha, she went, they showed her going to church with her, with her Nana like once. And she was like, I can't go anymore. Like, once she started writing the story, she couldn't go anymore. Yeah. And then uh, it was another dude that worked down there with them. I think it was Matt. There was actually a priest that lived up the block and, like, took a right or a left that was on that list, stayed right down the street from him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right down the street. And, like, I think that the pressure... That it was because with I think he's I think I think I said fifty-eight. So you got fifty-eight percent of the people that are Catholic. Just think about I mean, I wish I would have did the research, but just think about how many subscriptions that probably they was like, you know what, I don't want yeah. the Boston Globe paper no more. Probably lost they probably lost a lot of subscriptions. You know what I'm saying? So I think that you know to do a story like this, and then you also got to think, when the story came out, it was 2002 because it came out in January. Mm-hmm. It hasn't made that turn that turn yet, but like it was starting to get, you know, social media was starting mm-hmm. to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, you know what I'm saying? I got Facebook, what, 2006. So mm-hmm. it still was a couple of more years but like papers are really like dying now, like they're hanging on by a thread. But yeah. like it was getting to the point where that shit was starting to slow down anyway. Mm-hmm. And to put this type of story out, like I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people that was dissatisfied with the Boston Globe at this time. So you had to really and 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 then also the and this is something else that people don't think about. With them doing all this investigation investigating this probably fucked with a lot of people psychic psyche yeah you know what i'm saying like you know i was listening to that you remember that one podcast i sent you i don't know if you got into it yet but insomniac mm-hmm. like the like the, the dude that's the uh that like narrates it or whatever he talks about like dude i have these dreams now of like because he's done he's been reading so on these people and done all this investigating on these serial killers 
Mm-hmm. He was like, I dream about killing people now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I have night sweats and all types of shit like that. And then you was talking about protecting the kids earlier. The last person they talk about, I think his name is Dean Curl or something like that. I just finished it today. Mm-hmm. You know what he did? Sodomized little boys. Yeah. His, age, his age group went from you nine did. to nineteen. Yeah, I was gonna say you you got to it before I could. I was gonna say, man, like that that ends up unfortunately, um, it starts a cycle. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you talk about those guys who end up committing suicide. Um, out of those who don't, you know, you got them the ones that end up, you know, going to drug use to get over it and going to alcohol to get over it. You got other ones who um they continue the cycle, you know what I'm saying? They become the pedophiles. And then because, you know what I'm saying, to them it's something that was done to them, so they deem it something that's uh, acceptable. They deem it something that's appropriate because, you know, this was something that happened to them. And then, fortunately, you have that very small group that actually, you know, they get therapy and they, you know, they they work their way through it. And, you know, they do what they can to kind of speak out against, you know what I'm saying, the stuff that, um, that was done to him. I mean, hell, if we just went over the Allen and Farrell situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, think about a guy like Woody Allen, who, you know what I'm saying, was molesting his own daughter and then, you know, end up having an affair with his wife or with his girlfriend with her daughter, you know, and then, you know, nothing's being done about it. You know what I'm saying? Like people won't even people won't even talk about Mia Farrow anymore. Like people have forgotten Mia Farrow. You know what I'm saying? Like when they they had us, they showed on there how people were still honoring Woody Allen. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it just goes to show you, like anytime you have some sort of notoriety or or anytime you have any type of perceived power, um, just how much you can get away with and the type of stuff that you can do, and people wouldn't even care. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine, imagine, like we're talking about all these people not going to, uh, or or not uh, subscribing anymore to the Boston Globe. Imagine how many of those people are like, "Well, I'm not going to stop going to church." You know what I'm saying? Or I'm not going to find another church. You know what I mean? Or I, I won't unsubscribe to my religion. So it's just like, you know, you you just kind of you just kind of wish it was just a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? To to put these people in the place that they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, my thing is, I just don't understand how you can go out and and preach this word and supposed to, supposedly you're supposed to be practicing this this certain you know saying religion and living this certain way and you you know behind the behind the veil you're doing this you know where do you think you'll end up you know what I'm saying like you think you're still going to heaven with with this you know what I'm saying with this on your on your ledger do you or do you even believe in what you're preaching are you doing this for like you know what I'm saying the the benefits because there's a lot of benefits that go into shit like that. But then you also got to look at it like this. Like, this shit goes all the way back to the Vatican, my guy. Yeah, exactly. And, like, my thing is, it's like, yo, okay. you. And, and then the crazy part, when that lawyer said, he said, yo, it's like the cap is 20 grand. So it's like you a, a lawsuit get filed against you. So they say, okay, sick leave. You in Boston. We'll move you to Austin, Texas. 
So then he goes to Austin, Texas. He got a whole new group of kids, and then he does it in Austin, Texas. All right, now we're going to move you to Seattle, Washington. Right. And it's just like these people that are making these decisions to move them instead of taking care of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, what type that's, of that's, people that's, are these? That's, it's like you said, it's become a system. It's become a cycle to where, you know, the ones in the Vatican, they definitely ain't getting touched. You know what I'm saying? Like for them, that's, I mean, they, it is what it is. Um, So to even think about, you know what I'm saying? The Boston Globe, you know what I'm saying? Revealing that, you know, out of 12,000 possible preachers or priests that, you know what I'm saying? Almost a hundred of them are out here, you know what I'm saying? These are just confirmed cases that almost a hundred of them are out here, you know what I'm saying? Molesting kids and, and are basically pedophiles. And, you know, like you under, you, once you understand what the Vatican is, then you kind of understand how, you know, they can be, the, the victims can be silenced. You understand how um, the, the police could be paid off. You understand how the people around the town don't believe anything the victims say or won't believe any kind of story that the newspaper put out because you have this other powerful entity behind you that backs you that has a lot more power than, you know what I'm saying, than, than what people think. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine that, you know what I'm saying, that it's just Boston. But in reality, this is this is way bigger than Boston. You know what I'm saying? This is just the people in Boston who decided that they're going to speak out and, and be brave enough to talk about this. Imagine how it is in New York. Imagine how it is in L.A. Imagine how it is in Texas and Florida and Chicago and, uh, you know, all these other major cities. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's man, it's, it, it just kind of. It just kind of hurts, man, just to know, like, there's there's really nothing that. Or, or if it seems as if there's nothing that can really be done, even, you know what I'm saying, like even when the government is not even helping out and, and showing any kind of support. Yeah, man. It's uh, <clears throat> So as far as the movie, man, yeah. it was uh, <clears throat> 249 priests was brought into public, uh, publicly accused of sexual assault within the Boston area, right? So then it says, uh, the number of survivors in Boston estimate well over a thousand. Mm. Okay, so that's okay, what's what the other thing? So they said in 2012, no, not 2012, I'm sorry, December 2002, Cardinal Law resigned from Boston. So the one Cardinal that was the main guy in Boston, he right. resigned but then they reassigned him to uh to Rome, dude. <laughs> yeah, send him back to the Vatican. In the highest ranking, in the yeah, highest ranking Roman Catholic Church in the world. This is where they moved the him to. That's crazy. Yeah. And so then, dude, they show uh they show the cities, dude. It's 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 nuts how many cities and countries, even countries, like it is it is just the number is it's really overwhelming to look at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I looked at, you know, I was looking for South Carolina. Uh, I saw Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I saw Cleveland and Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, Dayton as well. I told you we got a we got a whole Catholic high school. Like, yeah, like we got a real Catholic high school. Like, um, matter of fact, 
the University of Dayton, I believe, is a, is a, a Catholic uh, college. Yeah, man, it's 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 a uh, like I say, man, like entertainment. Per- like I, I mean, me, I, I personally enjoy the movie, but like like I say, like there's there's like certain things that I look into a movie because like I, I like to learn things, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why. You know, I watch like a lot of documentaries and movies that have substance because it's like, you know, I, I didn't know much. I mean, I, I heard things, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I didn't know much about like, you know, the Catholic priests and stuff like that. But then, you know, with them watching this, you know, you end up learning like how fucked up like the church could be, you know what exactly. I'm saying? By just not even taking care of these people, man. They're just moving them all over the country, man. And mm-hmm. not even just the country, but all over the world. They're moving these people all over the world. Yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's not one of those tough watches where like they're actually showing a sexual right. assault. It's more so based on the Boston Globe and them yeah. actually going through, you know what I'm saying? Getting the story together, invest or, and interviewing the people and really trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying, the right information and stuff like that. So I think that's why it's such a great movie because you actually get a chance to see what goes on when those kind of stories, you know what I'm saying, happen. Or at least you got a chance to see what used to go on when those type of stories happen. You know what I'm saying? You get to see them actually talking to these people, having the right papers and having to figure out what the right, how to make it sound a certain way, you know what I'm saying, to really get their point across. Um, and it, I mean, it just, it's one of those things that it helps you realize that journalism is not an easy career to, you know oh, what I'm saying, go down because they have, even to have to write about something like this, you know what I'm saying? Like that had to be stressful and that had to have some sort of impact on them knowing that, you know, they out here make, trying to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? These people, these victims um, can get their story heard and that future kids will be safe and you know what I'm saying they got so much shit that's going against them and I also remember all of them in this movie all of well, not in the movie but like the, the people they were all raised Catholic exactly exactly so that so imagine that like that got to hurt even more because that's like you know that I mean that that's like growing up and <laughs> being an Ohio State fan only to find out, you know what I'm saying, your favorite coach went to Michigan. You know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm being funny, but you know what I'm saying? To kind yeah. of shed a little, I mean, add a little levity to the situation. But I mean, really though, that's like, I mean, seriously, I mean, that's really like, or even, or even, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you want to be president and then, you know, you, you hear about, well, you can't be president because, you know what I'm saying, uh, you're not from this country or you got to be a citizen. And then you find out that, you know what I'm saying, you was running, you didn't make it. And then this dude who ain't a citizen, he ain't, he, don't, he could barely speak the language. He could barely speak Spanish or French or, or whatever the third language is in America. And then you looking at him like, this motherfucker ain't even from here. And y'all yeah. making him, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just, it, it hurt, man. You know what I'm saying? To be a part of a system and to be a part of something that, you know what I'm saying, you held to such a high standard only to find out that, you know what I'm saying, some of these same guys that, you know what I'm saying, you once were around and, and you talked to and, 
you know what I'm saying, divulge some of your darkest secrets or even had the confidence to come to them when you felt something was wrong or anything like that to, you know what I'm saying, to find out that, you know what I'm saying, they not who they say they were. That's like, you know what I'm saying, why, well, I, you can put it like this. That's like when little kids used to watch wrestling and figured out that the Rock and Stone Cold really wasn't fighting each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that broke their fucking hearts. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I I can imagine that's how it was for those people that was that had to write these, you know, what I'm saying these stories and had to do this investigation, um, and even had to do these interviews to even hear other people's testimonies and and you know what I'm saying to kind of hear their traumas and and the PTSD that they had to go through. You know what I'm saying? That that had that that has to mess with you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying to constantly hear this and you and you know you you fighting so much to get their story heard and then you turn around and you know what I'm saying you got all of these people basically pushing it back in your face like we don't want to hear that shit that, that gotta suck yes sir man you're right you ready to get to the flames yes sir yes sir so let's do it man yoga fire yoga flame All right, man. Um, I go first on this one. Um, this this movie was I know you like you had said you had heard something about it and you know what I'm saying you kept hearing about how the Oscars was talking about it. For me, it wasn't like that. I thought it was a totally different movie than what it was. I thought it was like they was looking for a killer, so I clicked on it. Um, I think it was like on Netflix or some shit like that end up watching it and finding out what it was about, watch the whole thing. I was uh, in shock and all um, just to, you know what I'm saying? Just to, cause I didn't, I didn't even know that this was based on the real story. I didn't even know that, you know what I'm saying? The Boston globe had put a story like this out. And like I said, to do that in Boston is that's that you got balls to do some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's like going to, that's like going to the South, and you know what I'm saying, and and making a story about the Baptist Church. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the cast. The cast was amazing. Um, you can't really go wrong when you got Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, and you know what I'm saying, like Stanley Tukey, and um, you know what I'm saying, all these other big names. Um, you know, it's like. It's going to be great acting. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get everything you need. Um, I feel like the movie was shot very well. It had that gloomy tone to it. Um, it was never like that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it was never a misconception of what the tone of the movie was supposed to be, especially with the, the filters and the, you know what I'm saying, the um, lenses that they use. So, yeah, I, I think all in all, I'd give it a, a four out of five. Um, only because... I just felt like, even though I know it's based on the real story, like I figured they could at least like gave us something to where like some of these motherfuckers was getting arrested at least. Just made it up on the spot. I don't care. Just put that energy out there. But outside of that, man, I give it a four out of five. I feel you, man. You brought up a good point, man. I love the way it was kind of shot like it was like a Christopher Nolan joint, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really gloomy. Um. You know what I'm saying? The costume was good. Uh like the you know, they made it look like it was two thousand and one. Yeah. I, I thought the 
the information, man, it was so great, man. How they how they threw in the nine eleven joint. Um, I just felt like it's a very informative movie, man. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it could be kind of considered as a documentary. I mean, unless I mean they they got these websites where you go, uh, you know, all the stuff that was real, all the stuff that was fake, you know, all that little type of stuff. I'm pretty sure they got that somewhere on this movie, but uh, I think it deserved. The, the props that it got in 2015, man, um, for it to be nominated for the things it was nominated for. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm right where you at, man. Um, I'm right. I'm right at like a four. Um, okay. I, I think that you know, it, you know, I was close to giving it a point five, but I, I leave it at four. Because um, Spotlight is one of those movies where I would I would go to um, to to. Even though it's the same movie, the same information, you catch something different every time. Right. You know what I'm saying? It might be it might be one little detail that you didn't get the first time you saw it. And then, you know, you go back, you watch it again. So I don't mind, you know, re educating myself on this type of thing. But yeah, man, I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it a four, man. Okay, then cool, cool. Um so you know what I'm saying? With that being said, man, y'all already know what it is. We're coming back this Friday. Y'all already know. Last episode of Snowfall, man. Um, It hurts my heart to even say that. Because this season has been such a great season. They've, they've given us a character to hate. Um, actually, they've given us a few characters to hate. Um. They mixed it up, you know what I'm saying? They brought Leon and, and, and Franklin back into the mix, you know what I'm saying? Their friendship looks like um, it's getting back to what it used to be. My only beef is they never brought Mel back. Yeah, that's my beef. I, I feel like that that needs to be resolved as soon as possible. So they should have brought Mel back. It was good to see Wanda back. It was good to see Wanda get off that dope early. Um She's one of the few that had a chance to get off of it and, you know what I'm saying, get out here and get back to her normal life. Um, I thought that was an interesting character to, to add or interesting way to add in that because it's like you don't you don't realize, like, how many people had were able to get off of it early and go back to living a normal life and everything else like that. So, you know what I'm saying, for them to add that in using Wanda, I thought that was dope. Um, man, but it's going down. They they going to look for Alton, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Reed gonna get him. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think Reed gonna take his ass out. Man, I'm I'm hey, I'm about to sound like you for a second, yo. This it, man, the the preview got me all confused. But I I don't know <laughs> what the fuck gonna happen. But it's it's like you don't yeah. know who's talking to who. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yo, now I feel like I wish I never even watched it. It's see, like, they do a great job of that, though. I will give them that. They do a great job of making you think that it's going to be one way. And then when you watch it, it's a totally different way. So totally salute, different way. salute to them for even putting them previews together, man, because they do a hell of a job doing that. Yes, sir, man. But I, I'm now. But I want to say excited. I'm excited for this, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gonna. It's because I'm pretty sure it's gonna go out with a bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they leave us with a cliffhanger. Um, 
You know what I'm saying? That's that's something that I really appreciate, especially when shows, you know what I'm saying, get that renewal early. And and we know that it's another season coming. So I um I like I like to hear that. I wouldn't mind getting the, you know what I'm saying, the cliffhanger, man, and, and um being excited for the next season. I think that's how you really keep that momentum going, especially with what they did this season. If they could take that into the next season, it's man, listen, that next season is gonna be crazy. Man, you ain't lying. And so, um, yeah, man, y'all already know. Um, Friday, man, we're going to be talking about that snowfall uh, season finale. And, um, man, we're just going to be getting to it as usual. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, fear not, two times a week we always here. So, and then even if we ain't, you know what I'm saying, ain't here on one of them days, you can always go back and catch up on the catalog. Man, we got some great movies that we've talked about. Um, we got some great documentaries that we talked about. We got a lot, lot of stuff in the tuck. So um, I always feel free to go back and, and listen to an episode you missed or even re-listen to some of your favorite episodes until then, until Friday, man. Um, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. You can follow me on Instagram at Scoots Bronson underscore TV. And you can also follow us on uh, YouTube at Scoots Bronson TV. That's where you can watch us uh, live, or you can go back and watch the replay. Either way, if you watch us live, though, you'll be able to uh, interact in, in the show. And if you're on Facebook, go hit us up at the VA Podcast Watch Group. That's right. Um, the membership is, is slowly growing. You know what I'm saying? We're getting a lot of members that's sending in requests and everything else. So make sure you jump in. This is where you can find everything you need to find, Viewers Anonymous. Um, we got our link tree up there. We uh, we post up all our YouTube videos up there. So, you know what I'm saying? Every episode, we shoot it up there. That way you can see it. You can always find it. Um, but this is also the place to tell us about the movies that you want to hear us talk about. This is also the place, you know what I'm saying, to interact with us. If you if you uh, miss the show, you can always come, you know what I'm saying, to the VA podcast, watch group, talk that talk with us. You know what I'm saying? We we always more than happy to um, interact with the people that's listening. We definitely appreciate you guys. Yes, sir, man. Uh, feel the same way. Appreciate everybody, man. Uh, also, um, let me see. You can follow me at foster 8 on Instagram and Twitter and on the Stolen Time Pie on Instagram. Stolen Time, um, Stolen Time Podcast on Facebook. Also, if you want to see the visuals of 28 Minutes or Less and the Stolen Time Podcast, you go to the Stolen Time Podcast Network on YouTube. But you can find everything that he just mentioned, all that stuff, and everything that I just mentioned will be on the VA Podcast Watch Group page. So that's the main spot to go to. It's going to be a, a Instagram page coming soon. So be on the lookout for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, man. And listen, you know what I'm saying? You always welcome to listen in, but you know what I'm saying? You also invited to watch us. You know what I'm saying? We got two ways of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Being on, on Viewers Anonymous, you can watch us on YouTube uh, as we recording, or, you know what I'm saying? You can you can wait until later on the night and then just listen to us. But um, we definitely appreciate all you guys' support. Um Man, it's, it's, it's been a great journey, man, and it's still going. We got a lot more stuff coming up for you, um, so be ready. You know what I'm saying? We got some amazing stuff coming up. Um, yeah, man, and that's it. 
Um, thank you guys again. Like I said, Hollywood, that's a wrap. Good.